Hello everyone and welcome to this week's special edition of the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your host, Sado Dan, and I'm with a very excited, a very content, dare I say, Terry Imortz Mortimer. Mate, how you been? Yeah, really good. It's uh, it's good to have footy back. Um, you know, other sports have, have somewhat filled my weekends, but nothing like rugby league, Daniel. No, it's all, it's all just exactly as you put it. It fills in. Big Bash League is great, but I couldn't give a fuck for another few months. Uh, I heard there's a test match on in India. Don't care. Don't care. Rugby League is back. Speaking of Rugby League, Terry, we just want to apologise. We missed last week. Uh, we're going to go on Thursday, as promised, but um, life got in the way. Uh, Terry and I do get sick of each other occasionally and just couldn't be bothered pulling that That's trigger. That's not true. No, not at all. Not at all. But, um, look, life got in the way, and, well, if you don't like it, fuck you. Um, so, anyways, that's endearing to the fans. No, no, yeah, all good. We'll be week to week from now on. But, anyways, Terry, let's go back to last week, mate. As the Cronulla yeah. Sutherland Sharks defeated Newcastle Knights 28-16. What are your thoughts? My thoughts on this, it was a really impressive performance. Um, I wasn't really impressed with uh, with Fox Sports, though, because I knew we had the trial, but I didn't know when it was, and it wasn't until I picked my daughter up from school, and she's like, we're in the drive-thru, and she said, Dad, you want to hurry up and get home? The Sharks kick off in four minutes. So we got home. Yep. Not on time, but... Uh, Got home and, you know, just to, to watch the first try. And, and from that point there, you kind of... Like, Cronulla always looked like they were in control. That that Noe Piru is, is a sensational talent, by the way. Um, Dan Atkinson as well, you know, they absolutely blew it off the park. But when, when you think about the team that started for Cronulla versus the team that started for Newcastle, they started two representative front rowers mm-hmm. in that game. They did. They started their best halfback... And they started their number nine. I don't know. I, like My takeaway from this game was nothing about Cronulla's depth being really good. It's about Newcastle just being really poor, if I'm honest. <laughs> Newcastle were really poor, as backed up in the second second set of trials. But we'll, um, we'll address all the full round on Outlaws. Make sure you catch it tomorrow night, or choose, <laughs> Tuesday morning, rather. Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. Whenever it comes out, if you favourite it, the channel, subscribe, you should know, you should get a notification. There you go, Terry. Saved myself there. Going back to last week, the two names you mentioned, Atkinson at fullback was incredible on like less than a week's notice. He wasn't even going to play until Kay Dykes got injured. And then our second second player, Pulu, you mentioned, wasn't even going to play until someone bailed in the Indigenous game and Trino got caught up. So two youngsters to be thrown in on you know very, very little preparation, both rookies, what one NRL game to their name combined? That says a lot of where they're at maturity wise. Also says a lot about Sir Fitz. Going back to what you said before about the Saifides, they were okay, but they should have dominated our forward pack because that was a hundred percent their strongest pack. Because uh, they have Frizzell and Brody Jones too, which is pretty sad when they actually started in second row in two thousand thirteen. But I mean, we had Wade Graham at six. We were taking the piss and we still flogged them. They only started to come back when they had, you know, their their first graders, and I use you can't see, but I'm using the uh, quotation marks there, and Phoenix Crossland and that, and we had kids. We had Gagan. We had players that won't even play for Newtown, and they scored a couple of tries late to make it look good. Jeez, if I'm a Newcastle fan, mate, season, Gornskis. As for us, Newtown, which played most of the game, looked very, very good, and then they won again today. 
against the Bulldogs' genuine New South Wales Cup side. So um, a few players are missing on both. A couple of our boys actually played double um, double up too, which we'll go more into in a second. But, geez, there was a lot to like. Yeah, I think the, the best thing about the first game against Newcastle was you actually got to look into our depth. Now, Dan Atkinson, for anyone who doesn't know about him, you know about him now, especially if you're a Sharks fan, because he even featured quite heavily today. Um, but... A halfback or a centre, and that's it. And so Fitz is like, uh, if you want to play this way, you got to play fullback. And apparently, you know, he did it on six days' notice, and they were just like, whatever, you know, just just go for gold. We we're not expecting anything from you. We're not expecting miracles. The expectations are really low because this is the first trial game, and it's just the depth getting the run. And this guy knows how to put in a man of the match performance. He's very good. Those that those that don't know him, we're gonna, you know, he's gonna be the stallion for us because of his Italian heritage. Played for them in the World Cup. Played pretty well too in a team that was, you know, not not you know not one of the favourites. Let's be honest. He's a Melbourne boy. He's been through the system. He's played one game against us. Now, full disclosure, I don't remember how he went on that game. It was probably a heavily origin depleted game. Uh, I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, he's yet to play NRL. And when he plays for us, he debuts. And judging by that performance, mate. He might play some NRL. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a heavily origin to play the game. This was at the end of twenty twenty one. Cronulla needed to win this game to get into the finals, and from memory, Melbourne had wrapped the minor premiership up. Uh, oh no, they had, they didn't wrap the minor premiership up. Penrith had the minor premiership wrapped up, so Melbourne didn't play. Anyone of note, and still absolutely wiped the floor with us. Well, that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, he played six in that game, and uh, Nico Hines played seven, and they had another kid play fullback. So they didn't have Hughes, Munster, or Pappenhausen or Grant in that game. Brandon Smith played and was the best player of the park by a mile. But I don't remember him. I just remember that we needed to win that game to get eighth, and we didn't do it. Well, those are the, the pre-Sir Fitz times. The dark days, as, as I like to refer to them. Going yep. back to this game, though, mate. Our boys, Kyle Hero, Sam Stone Street. Oh. Yeah, I think and that, that was what I was saying. You get a look into the future, and... You get a look at what Sir Fitz is building, and he's building guys who can play multiple positions. Um, you know, Stone Street was on the right in this game, but scored a try on the left wing. <laughs> Ronaldo should have had a trick today, but <laughs> you know, literally gets hooked, and then one play later, Stone Street scored in the corner. Um, you know, you saw Tom Rodwell, he looked really good. Uh, Mawini Parodi with the ball at centre looked really good without the ball, diabolical. Mm-hmm. Um, Wade Graham. I, I look. I look at this game for Wade Graham, and you could just tell Fitz is going. I can't put you on the left edge because we need to make sure that Teague Wilton is stamping his authority. And boy, did he do that today! No big time. And I can't put you on the right edge because we need to have a look at Jesse Colhern and see his adaptability between middle and edge, middle and edge, because he's, you know, Jesse's got that body shape where he's, he's not quite a prop, but he's not, he's not quite a lock. But he's got that, that body shape where he could 
you know, be a, an edge back row or, you know, if you're going to throw him on for 20 minutes, you know, he doesn't mind taking a run or a hit up. So it was good to see him out there. So he was like, you know, Wade, 15 years ago, everyone thought you were going to be the next Australian 5'8". So let's just give you a game now. Um, as you said, Nawai Puru shouldn't have been playing this game. He should have been on the bench. But Brent Trindle got the call up for the Indigenous All-Stars team and well done to him, deserved. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, if Dan Atkinson didn't exist on that day, then Puru's walking away with me and the match honours. We had Toby Rudolph start the game for us. Um, Jaden Beryl was the, the dummy half. We had Braden hamlin Uwele, who's in a fight for the, the starting spot. And then, as we said, the, the back rowers, and it was good to see Jack Williams get some, some miles under his legs. I thought Jack Williams was absolutely brilliant. I saw people slagging him off online, saying, oh, he's, you know, he's shit, he didn't do anything. I, I don't know what more you want from a guy who hasn't played footy for about a year, but he was nine runs for 90 metres and 23 from 23 tackles. Couldn't have done much more. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, for a lock forward, and, and someone was like, oh, this is the guy who was meant to take Paul Gallon's spot. And, I, you know, if you put that on a per-minutes basis, you know, Jack Williams did that 38 minutes, so... Gallon used to do that in 80 minutes. So if you doubled, like, like so Gallon used to put big numbers in 80 minutes, but if you double Jack Williams' stats, you, you're seeing 180 metres and, and 50 tackles, which is kind of what Gallon did. You know, I'm not saying Jack Williams is Gallon, but, you know, he, he, he did what he needed to do. The most impressive two players for mine that came off the bench, though, were Josh Fennell and his five-minute cameo, where he absolutely monstered a Newcastle Knights player and then sped past all their backs to score a try. And uh, Oregon Kafusi, wow, what a signing. He is going to play big, big dividends. I also want to throw Tommy Hazleton in there. Yeah. I think he put his name forward for a spot. Probably fell behind a few others based on today's performances, but he'll be there or thereabouts. He'll uh, he'll play plenty of first grade this year. Of that, I have no doubt. Uh, yeah, for now, it was fantastic. That, that try he scored after the bell, the Atkinson chip kick was great. Put us in the running for the uh, the preseason cup. A lot of positives of that night. Then the only real negative was Jacob Gagan, who's a Newtown contractor player, got injured again, which is a bit of a shame. But it's unfortunately part and parcel the way he goes. But mate, looking at looking at this squad, you got Atkinson, Rodwell, Harati, Eero, Stone Street. That's going to be your Newtown backline right there. Just about. And then then Puru comes in at seven. He'll play for Newtown. Beryl at nine. Colhoun at twelve. Jack Williams potentially at 13, although I think he'll play more first grade than that. Finau Hazleton, Bradbury, who who looked a little bit underdone, but considering his preseason, I'm definitely not going to hold that against him. Then, then you got players, you know, Kafusi played minimal minutes, but I think was much better than most people thought he was, and he backed it up today, which we'll get to in a minute. You know, you, you got young players. I thought Samuel Healy was really, really good. I, I did I I thought he was still fifteen. Like I was just in that mindset. He came on, looked really good at nine. And I think Riolo was the other player who yeah. who, who who I was like, Oh, okay, he's good. And then, then of course yeah. a couple of young players that, that you'll hear more about. But um geez, that Newtown side's gonna be fantastic. I'm pretty excited about Fleg too. So it was yeah, pretty much the perfect evening. Well, as far as I'm aware, Puru is still available he's still Fleg eligible. Max Bradbury is still flag eligible. For now, is still flag eligible. And I think Sam Stonestreet 
is still eligible. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of players that may go between the two because there's some players for Newtown we'll mention later. We'll recap their game in a second really quickly um, that may hold them out. Uh, Some players that are actually Newtown contractor players that may find themselves in the Sharks before too long, perhaps, maybe, who knows? Yeah, Yeah, I think it was... um... You know, just just go, the overall like, and I, I know I, I don't like kicking I don't like kicking a, a dead horse while they're down, because the West Tigers played really really well today by all accounts against Canberra. I missed this game as a Sydney Kings semi final. I don't apologise for not watching that dross on the TV. Very good. Um, and by the dross, I'm talking about the Tigers Canberra, not the, the Kings game. That was fantastic for anyone who can catch a replay. But if you have a look at the Tigers game against the Warriors. The Warriors put out a pretty good team. The Tigers sent all the depth over there and got hammered. Mm-hmm. And we sent all our depth up the Central Coast against the Knights. And I'm looking at the, the starting lineups. I'm going to say that Newcastle had more first-grade experience and on paper the better players because they had two origin front rowers, they had a former origin representative back rower in their team and they had a man of steel as their halfback. Yeah. You know, so yeah, looking at the depth, you know, this this is the thing. When when teams start naming their best seventeen, you shout out and go, well the next man up, like the Dolphins for example, you can name their best seventeen and it looks good on paper, but next man up is where they start to get really shaky. West Tigers is another example. You know, they're they're one or two long-term injuries away from, you know, being in that bottom four battle that I hope they're not in this yeah, year. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Bulldogs, they, they had their depth against Canberra, did really well, and then their first-grade team came out today and were absolutely shocking. So, you know, I, I, I look at these trials and, and I don't care about results at the end of the day when you're talking about trial games because no one's going to remember in September, what you did in January, February. But what I look for in this is, okay, Sione Katoa has never played 28 from 28 games in a season. So who's the next cab off the rank for that? If it's Sam Stone Street, I'm cool. If it's Kaylura, I'm cool. If it's Maureen Hirodi, you know, as long as he's third string. If it's Tom Rodwell, again, then you're having a look at the fullback situation. We let go of Lockie Miller, K. Dykes tore his ACL. You're like, Jesus Christ, I hope nothing happens to Will Kennedy, who has been injury prone. And you're like, well, you know what? Dan Atkinson's actually pretty good. Aoliro, mm-hmm. again, played in the World Cup for the Cook Islands. You know what? He's pretty good. Then you have a look at the centres. Is Talakai going to get an origin spot this year? No, but if he does, who's coming up? It's Aoliro. We're good. In the halves, if something happens to Nico Hines, you know, you've got Trindle, you've got Puru. If something happens to Moylan, you've got Trindle, you've got Puru. So that, that game there is what you're looking at going, well, if, if one goes down, one must come up, but who is it? And, man, like, this is as comfortable as I've, I've been since that 2016, 2017, 2018 spell where we had a small premiership window open and we capitalised once. Yep. Completely agreed. I I said in the group chat earlier today that this is the best I've felt going into a season for a long time. I actually feel better going in this year than I did last year. I think we overachieved a little bit. You know, there were questions about Nico Hines. So, of course, of course that helps. But looking at the depth this year, 
I mean, Newtown last year, we thought were going to be very, very good, and they were. They won the minor premiership. But this year, there's players there that you, you want to see in first grade, whereas last year for Newtown, I mean, Harati tore it up for Newtown. I don't really want to see him in first grade. Like, I know we rag on him a bit, but, you know, it's it's nothing personal. But, you know, he's just not a player that I think is first grade worthy. Whereas you look at Eero on Stone Street and you think, these guys could be could be something special. Of course, you know what you're going to get if you bring Harati up? You're going to get an average player who, you know, I don't want to say one that you down because he has before and I don't want to backtrack on what I've said before. You know what you're going to get. But you, that's, his, that's his ceiling. These kids have a ceiling that is ginormous. And, I mean, there's a reason that, you know, Sir Fitz isn't the bloke that's in the papers every day going, you got to check this kid you got to check this kid out. He's saying nothing. Shut the fuck up. Hands off. That's been his attitude in the whole club. You know, occasionally you get an article from Sharks.com saying, you know, Eero's a young kid, but, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. The atmosphere is great, mate, and I, I feel this depth-wise. If there are injuries, we're not relying on the Connor Traces and stuff to come up. And again, I don't mean to bag on him, but I'm going to feel really, really good heading into round one. I mean, you only have to have a look at Mawini Harodi's Hiri- uh, face and just know that he's fucking shit, right? <laughs> right. Again, you know what you're going to get out of him. You're going to get a 6 out of 10. My my thing with Harodi is the same as what I had with Aiden Tolman last year. If he plays more games than he should, like my cap for Harodi is three games. Mm-hmm. If he plays more than three games, we're up shit creek without a paddle. Unless he's banging in a hat trick every game, then I'll reassess my situation. But, you know, you've got to have a look at someone like Stone Street and Hero. They're on dev deals. So, Horodi in the first 10 weeks of the competition is actually above them. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's the part that, that sucks, you know. You've got to hope that your back line gets through to round 11 and then you can have a look at the players afterwards. But even in the forwards, like, you know, Royce Hunt today got ruled out with an elbow injury. And, you know, Brandon hamlin I love him, but, you know, again, he's not one who can put in, you know, he's, he hasn't, again, had an Ironman award or, you know, been close to it. But if one of them were to drop out or both of them were to drop out through injury and, you were, you know, you turn around and you said we had to bring up Tommy Hazleton and Jack Williams, mad. Yeah, that's yeah. fine by me. We didn't if miss Roy Hunt today. Had, if you had to bring up Colburn and Jack Williams, sick. If you had to bring up Colburn and... Hazleton, well, we did it. Yeah. And the thing is, like, these guys have had the taste of, uh, like, Jack Williams, obviously, he's a, he's a regular first grader, but Hazleton and Colburn last year got that taste of first grade. So the jitters are out now, and now the hunger's there. They're, you know, And you could tell every run that Tommy Hazleton took in these trials meant something to mm-hmm. him and meant that he was one, one run closer to getting into that first grade team. And Jesse Colburn, for every tackle that he made when he was folding people, he was like... I'm one step closer to being Britton Nakora's backup or being T. Wilton's backup and making sure that Wade Graham stays on the bench. So this was the game for mine that really, you know, sort of justified and solidified. Like, we only signed one person of note, and it was the quietest, quietest recruitment period that I can remember from Cronulla, because normally you get three or four new players come in. But all those players that have come in have, you know, you haven't heard about, they've been 21 and under. And they're players for the future. You know, like you're not going to read up about Felix Fatali, but in two years' time when he makes his NRL debut, you sure as hell don't know who he is. But the only player that we signed to know is Oregon Kafusi. And people are going, well, I don't have Oregon Kafusi in my team. And then after two trial games, like, well, does Oregon Kafusi start next to Toby Rudolph now? Completely fair. That was the next point I had on my list. 
Because that's, that's, that's a genuine question for mine, is has Origin Kafusi made enough of a leap to jump? Now, I'm going to say no on this. Like, I think I think he could. I think maybe he should. But I could also see Fitz turning around and looking at someone like Spencer Linu and the damaging impact that he has off the bench and just go, you know what, Kafusi, go and do that for a year and then we'll, we'll reassess your situation. Completely fair. You need, you need that... That bump off the bench, and a couple of years ago, I think I think it was twenty, Toby Rudolph's where he came off the bench. He knew Ellie, and we, we didn't lose anything. I think I think him staying is going to be good. I Royce Hunt, as you said, was ruled out today. We didn't really miss him. I still have him ever so slightly ahead of Hamlin Ueli. I just I can't get those. I know I know it's not fair, but the finals performances last year from Ueli, he was just. Like he's a big body, and he came on and he played like he wasn't. So I don't know. A few weeks, I'll, I'll forget about it. It'll be it'll be all sweet. Um, just before we move on to the game, we did get a question we we're going to ask last week uh, from our good mate Rich, who um, is still yet to sponsor the show. But we, you know, it'll it'll happen. So, yeah, I know. And I've been hitting him up every day in the DMs. It'll happen. Don't worry. He asked us if Braden Trindle should be looking over his shoulder. Now I want to clarify that for ten rounds, I don't think. Puru can come up unless there's written consent, which is really hard to get in 10, especially when we've got so many players that can play half. That's where Wade Graham's versatility may work against us, but let's hope we don't get to that spot. Well, I was going to say, Fitz putting Wade at the six <laughs> in, in a trial, the NRL could turn around and go, well, you know, for Puru to get a game, you'd need to have Nico Hines, Moylan, and Trindle out injured because this guy can play in the six for you. Anyway, and then, then they'll go Aiken. So I, for the first 10 rounds... I don't think it's going to matter. But is Braden Trindle looking over his shoulder after 10 weeks? Oh, uh, look, we saw what we saw from Piru was him destroying a really bad team that had a couple of NRL first graders in it. And as we said, you know, Origin players, former international, and a man of steel. But that Newcastle team is really bad. Yes, it is. That, that Newcastle team is really, really bad. Like, that that Newcastle side that got put out on the park, that one to seventeen that they put out, would have lost by twenty points to Newtown and the Penrith reserve grade team of last year, and the and the Dogs. Yep, right? no doubt about it. Um, the other thing about Piru as well as we said, he's he's flag eligible. Yep. He's twenty years old. He's got a big future ahead of him, but we've only seen a sample size of him tearing up a bottom four team and then him playing for Newtown today and playing really well mm-hmm. and then him coming off the bench for about 15 minutes. So for mine, it's going to depend what he does in Newtown and then how he adapts after, you know, or what happens in the 10 weeks afterwards because right now I think, you know, there, there's a... Braden Trindle, while he doesn't have many runs on the board, he's still got enough to be pushing a kid aside for mine. Yeah, look, completely agree. I love the question. And, we, it, and we've re-signed Trindle for two years while Puru's on a dev deal. So Spot on. I love the question, and it was very – Puru was very really good. Question, very, so very good question. It, it was very topical. Now, Puru is upgraded next year. That was yep. the deal, dev deal up. So I'm thinking that he probably won't play first grade this year. Hopefully he plays really, really well for Newtown. And then next year you can play plenty of first grade if called upon. Don't forget, Moylan's probably only got two more years left in him. So if Puru doesn't play for two years or plays an odd game and then he and Nico win four premierships, 
Well, that works for me. But enough about that, mate. Let's just quickly talk about Newtown. A few, few quick talking no, but points. The, the other question as well. Someone, someone responded to that question, and I, I didn't even give it the time of day. They said, "Should see if Talakai be looking over his shoulder and potentially dropping down to the bench?" Now, I just want to point out that you started this whole dilemma of moving Talakai off the centres and into the edge. Back row spot. Now, for anyone who keeps turning around and going, Kaylee, 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 he's on a development deal. So if you're seriously, if your round one team does not have Talakai in the centres, it can't have Iru. So you're looking at having Mawini Harodi, and if that's what you want, don't listen to this podcast, unfollow me on Twitter, have a word to yourself, and pour acid in your eyes. It, or or potentially Connor Connor Tracy, which isn't much better. No. But look, yes, yes. I just want to. You've you've thrown me off track, but I just want to put a statement out that Talakai last year. I wanted to move out of the centres. He's worked supremely hard in the off season. He looks slim as still looks very big, but he looks faster and more aerodynamic, having shaved that beard and beard and most of his hair off. Although it was a little bit longer than I thought today. Um, but thanks for that, Terry. Throwing me under the bus. Eero will play lots and lots and lots of first grade. He'll be a superstar for us. But let's just, you know, let's hold our horses. He's going to win New South Wales Cup Player of the Year for second year straight and probably um, yeah, probably win a Dally M in five years. But anyways, let's talk about Newtown today, mate. Just a few things. We won't go through it. So they beat they beat the Bulldogs 42-32. Now, I think they were up 36-6 at half time, and then we started resting players because they had to get in the bus and come down Shark, uh, wherever the fuck we played the South Belmore and play for the Sharks. So a lot of the players dropped off, and the Bulldogs ran some tries in. Who cares? A few things I want to talk about. Josh Mansour actually played on the wing a little bit in the second half for Newtown. Did Newtown not see that coming. Did not see yep. that coming. Uh, Billy Magulis evidently played really well, but I'm going off just the tweets because it was locked out for some reason. And Johnny Trad wasn't on the uh, the live streaming, wasn't sending me videos, which, you know, I'll get you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Johnny, as always. Your mate, though. Geordie. Geordie Liu. Yep. Dominated. By all accounts, again, I'm just going off the tweets. Dominated. Now, this is a new town player. He's, a, he's on Outlaws last year, was playing for the Bears, Boo the Bears. He's there with us now. This is the kid to keep an eye out. If you can catch a Newtown game, he'd be wearing 11 or 12, possibly coming off the bench, who knows. Keep an eye on this kid. He is a man mountain. Now, Geordie was a labourer for me last year. He is a fair lump of a lad. He's about six foot tall and he's about six foot wide. And he's he's really intimidating. Like, you know, he's really soft-spoken by nature, but he is a big unit. And he, he would be one of the guys that you'd, you'd look at him and you'd see him hanging out on the edge and you'd be like, that guy's playing front row and he's gassed. Let's run at him. And then you run at him and you get folded. And then, he'd, you know, he'd pick the ball up, some footwork and an offload, which he did is how Peru scored the try. But he's got sensational footwork and he's, he's quick over the 30 to 40 metre mark. Now, this is a guy who was signed, sealed and delivered at an NRL team and his manager did something that cost him the contract and at the time he went back to the Bears and the Roosters but they were full on their quota of what they could do and they couldn't put an offer in front of him until around about this time and Newtown approached him so it's a horrible story to hear. He's a Melbourne junior, but he, you know this is a guy who's going to use 
Newtown as a platform and hopefully to get himself, you know, a one-year deal with Cronulla a la what Sifatalico did mm-hmm. and, and try and prove himself in first grade or he's going to absolutely rip the New South Wales Cup up and he's going to get picked up by a team. And Because uh, I'm telling you, there's some really shit forward packs like, you know, he would be top 30 at the Warriors. Mm-hmm. He'd top 30 at the Knights by far. Um, I, he's going he's gonna to springboard him. I think, uh, you know, he'd even be top 30 at Manly, so... Enjoy this kid. It wouldn't surprise me if there's some injuries to some shit teams during the year. Someone comes and picks him up. Exactly what I was going to say. Enjoy him while we got him because if we can't offer him a contract, I think someone's going to poach him by uh, June 30, I believe the cutoff is. But get get around them. Some superstars for Newtown. But, yeah, they won convincingly. Only Hmm. caught up on by the dogs when they took all the players off because half of them came down to Belmore, mate, and ran out for the Sharks in the second half. As Cronulla, Sutherland Sharks, 36, pulverised the Bulldogs, 16, I've got so much to say about this, but Terry, you only watch the highlights, of course, because you were otherwise inclined, so I'll fill in the gaps where you miss out, but uh, what were your overall thoughts? Well, I, I, you know, I was coming from Kudos Bank Arena, I had to go from there to Wollongong to drop my oldest daughter home and then come back, and so I was relying on highlights from Paul, good friend of the, the podcast, Paul, and uh, some some... Uh, tweets um, being tagged at me, but you know the, the group chat was going going off, so I had to silence that. And I, I was just reading the notifications on my watch from Paul, and the first thing he says is, "We kicked off out on the full your mate Blake Braley." Yeah, look, the start and, wasn't good, and I was like, "Well, you know, he wanted to play last week, and if that was me, I would have hooked him straight away because I can't fucking stand him." Just to cut in there, I knew you weren't watching it when you didn't tweet abuse at one minute or, or four seconds because of that kick, but go on. Uh, and then they scored from it. Now, because I, I want to point out here is that, yes, I am a Toby Rudolph stand, and people in our DMs, Ben Dunn, were talking about how Toby made two errors. Let me just point out that the Bulldogs did nothing off those two errors. Old... Shit for brains, Braley kicks the ball out on the fall and the dogs score their only try of the day that counted because of that monumental error. And this now furthers my agenda that we would be better off wheeling out a literal garbage bin than playing Blake Braley. And the fact that we actually have to pay him a contract, he is the Chad Townsend of dummy halves, and that is not a fucking compliment in any way, which way, shape, or possible. Form, uh, I think it took. I think that really set us back, as well as his lack of talent really set us back. And then Nico Hines just got rid of that garbage that is our number nine and took over. Katoa's try was sensational. Moylan's kick for Teague Wilton, who. Will start on the edge for us now and should play for New South Wales and Australia in a couple of years. And overall, we looked really, really good. And it's amazing that we can beat up a first-grade team with 12 players. <laughs> completely fair. Didn't see it going that way, but um, I should have. I should have. That's on me. Yeah, look, the start wasn't good. Now, the try they did score was an absolute clusterfuck. It was a missed kick that rebounded off about four knees and... Kick out, grab the ball, and fell over the line. Well, if, if you want the ball to fall to anyone in that situation, a meter out, it's the biggest man on the field. Completely fine. And and kick out to his credit, I know he played about 18 minutes, HA'd and left, which is a real shame. So I think the game would have been 
Well, not closer because we we're much better, but it would have been more interesting for longer if he'd stayed on. But um, he lo- he looked a little bit dangerous. But as soon as we he went off, they had nothing. Now I hate to sink the boot into Penrith, haha, <laughs> wink, wink. But last night they kept going left whenever nothing was on, and Garner and that other bloke that were there aren't kicker. So I think the Bulldogs are a bit too over line on him. I know it's only a small sample size, but they kept going left to nothing. Now, Britton Nakora, you know, for all the crappy cops on here from one half of the podcast, <laughs> Terry again, he's not, you know, Liam Martin, he's not a hitman in defence, but he might as well have been on the day. Something I learned today that we knew weeks ago, but we definitely know now, is that T. Wilton is our left-back rower for as long as he's at the club, which is hopefully is his entire career, because that Moylan, T. Wilton on the left is so, so good. And I'm just so excited about what that left hand side can do. Last year, I, I'd probably say that the right side might have been our um, uh, your weakness. I don't know if that's fair, but it was our less attacking side. Today, I don't know what got into Jesse Ramey, but he's been listening to this podcast. He looks fantastic. He absolutely took apart Paul Alamotti. Now, all I heard all week was how much this Alamotti is going to make Ramey look like a reserve grader. He got bundled into touch, Ramey and hammered him. I think he gave up one half break and then dragged the bloke 15 yards into bloody row C. He absolutely took this rookie kid apart. And Katoa looked really, really I good saw, on return. I saw the, 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 the half break was by Braden Burns. And yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah. Ramey and sort of held back and waited and then threw him into touch. But going back to kick out, you could tell that that was all they had because when it was 6-4 and we gave away a penalty and they marched up, they, they threw the ball to kick out and it looked like, you know, he was going to be close to going in and, and Heinz folded him because yeah. he knew what was coming. So, it's yeah, look, yeah, it is. And, you know, it's last year kick out was Penrith's get out of trouble play, but this year you can tell that kick out is going to be the Bulldogs' first, second, and third play at the line. I think that the Dogs as well were... Um, they were also without Tavita Punga Jr. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, as much of a mental unit as he is and he's incapable of stringing a sentence together, he's actually a really, really good football player. And when he got released from the, the Broncos, I wanted him at Cronulla because you know, he's, he's an idiot, but he's a really good footballer. Changing um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Look, overall, again, just from the highlights that I saw, because you know, people might think that I was being quite rude on Twitter tonight, and, and I didn't, I didn't mean to come that way. But I saw some Bulldogs fans' tweets, and it was like, oh, it's a much improved effort on our defence. And I thought, well, your first grade team caught thirty points. Yep. How is it much improved? And they're like, oh, that was a halftime tweet. So I didn't, I didn't get to all of that stuff there, and I apologise if I did come off. You know, quite rude to everyone except Blake Braley because you're useless. But yeah, look overall from what I've saw, and I will catch the the game on NRL.com. But um, yeah, look from from what I saw, the highlights and the tweets, it sounded like everyone was amazing. And Sam Stone Street scored, and about hundred people tagged me and told me that we'd be meeting on Sam Stone Street Island later on. So there we go. Completely fair. Now the Bulldogs have three three weapons. Matt Burton, Josh Adokar, and William Kikia. Okay, Kikia scored a try, but it was a right place, right time. I think he made one or two half-decent runs. 
Matt Burton did three-fifths of fuck all this game, and Josh Adekar had a knock-on, and I think he gave away a penalty, and other than that, I can't remember seeing him on, on the field. I don't know if he's fully fit. I don't care. We kept arguably the best winger in the game, despite what a certain origin coach will tell you. Completely quiet. Okay, now it's a trial. As you said, in three weeks, it'll all be forgotten, but you want to see some performances from your star players in the trials. You want to see them fully fit. We took their three superstars largely out of the game. One, you know, HIA, of course. So they're two main superstars that played over 20 minutes out of the game. Matt Burton didn't get his kicks away today either. He just, he was a passenger. And that halfback of theirs, Kyle Flanagan, he kept stepping and trying to go. And our forwards, Dale Finucane laughed and folded him in half. On the fifth tackle, he ran, and you see Dale laugh. I can't remember who made the tackle. It might have been Nakora. But it was just like, you fucking kidding me? That's what they were reduced to. Well, I, if anyone wants to know the actual truth on what Matt Burton is of a player, you need to check out uh, Rugby League Outlaws last week because the question was posed as to, you know, Matt Burton is going to be the best 5-8 in the game and win a Dallium. And the answer is no. He's the, he, if he wanted to be, he could be the best centre in the game. But as a 5'8", he's so one-dimensional because he's not fast and his running game is only good five metres from the line. He hasn't, you know, the past... Go back to the Manly game last year, Sharks vs Manly. Uh, Nico Hines threw a 25-metre spiral and put it on Matic Avalu's chest and it cut out... Basically, cut out the whole of the Manly Peninsula and Ikevalu strolled in untouched. Matt Burton hasn't got that in his repertoire. No, he hasn't. Matt Burton has got a bomb and a good long kicking game, but not a very accurate one, but a good long kicking game and a high bomb. But again, let's go back to last year. Matt Burton was like tearing the competition up, throwing these bombs up in the air, and people were like, oh no, what do we do? How do we do this? He went to Shark Park and he threw up eight bombs. And Lachlan Miller, our third string fullback who has been released to Newcastle, caught seven out of the eight bombs. The eighth bomb he let bounce and nothing happened from it. They scored a grand total of zero points. Matt Burton isn't creative. He needs a halfback. Mm -hmm. They don't have a halfback. They don't have a... Like, Hayes Perham is their fullback. Uh, Who's the fellow that was playing fullback for him last year? Uh, Averillo. Yeah. Averillo is better than Hayes Perham. Undoubtedly. Like, Hayes Perham is a disaster. He's he's nothing and lots of it, mate. Hayes Perham is embarrassing. And if he is the starting fullback for the Bulldogs, then Charlie Staines or Dane Laurie probably needs to be asking for a release. Yeah, they'll they'll walk into it. They'd be the best fullback at that club by a mile. If, If your best fullback is Hayes Perham, and then you do, oh, don't worry, it's only a stopgap because we've got Stephen Crichton. Well, after seeing that performance, yeah. like, if the ink isn't dry, I'm, I'm sort of like smudging it out and saying this is forgery. Now, I had to I had to eat a bit of crow on Saturday, last night. I had to message Terry and say that his agenda that Stephen Crichton isn't a fullback just took a humongous step forward because he was diabolical yeah. against St. Ellen's. Like, they might as well take that million dollars and go and hand it to Jack Wellsby. Yeah, it was just... Oh, Wellsby, you know, good good young player. That, you know, going back to Perham, yeah, I am I'm not sold on that kid. All I heard all off-season was how good he and Alamotti were going to be. They might be, but they yeah. were not today. But, but if, 
if if Amarillo is, you know, your your shot at centre because you're not and I think the only reason why they're putting him at centre is because they're not convinced that Braden Burns' body will hold up for a whole year. And nor should they be. He's again I don't think he's ever played more than thirteen games in a season. Um then Kiraz, or Kiraz, whatever his yeah. name is, Jake Kiraz, he needs to be the fullback. He was the fullback to Lebanon. He was really good. Yeah. Um, some, some skills there. <laughs> but they need to do... The first thing they need to address is the halfback because they've got him thrown all that money at Stephen Crichton when apparently they were right up in the Mitch Moses ranks and they had the choice. You could have Stephen Crichton or you could have Mitch Moses. And they made the wrong call. They did, unless Crichton goes to six, but I can't see Burton playing seven. Well, I mean, can't put Stephen Crichton at six. Like, you, you can't put him at six. That, that's terrible. Yeah. Well, hey, hey, it's the Bulldogs. Fuck them. And how much crow did um, uh, Phil Gould have to eat last night after Snellens oh. got up? That was fun. Yeah. Oh, look, oh, look. Oh, this isn't this isn't just like a whole bag of fun on the Bulldogs. We want to talk about how good we are, but and you can see what the the Bulldogs are, are going to be building to in a couple of years' time. But my God, like. We are so far ahead of them. Yeah, we are. And as we've said, for the next two years, their first play is going to be their average six throwing the ball to the best second roller in the competition, but they're going to turn him into a battering ram when that's not really Army Kickhouse game. And then they're going to turn the best, well, one of the best centers in the competition into a bang average fullback and wonder why it fails. And then he's going to have to go in the centers of a million dollars. And then it's going to be the penalty situation all over again where they're going to have to release all their players. I don't know, but let, let's let's move on to us because as bad as they were, they were only that bad because that's how we allowed them. To that's be. it, mate. Now I don't know if you saw it, but there was a moment where oh, I think now Casey Badger. I know your thoughts on her, and after today, I She's very terrible. I very much agree. She was very average in the. Um, I mean, Gavin was no better either. So these two are the two of the most average people on the planet that are just married and somehow dreadful referees. There we go. It's um. I'm going to leave that one alone. But Sivitalikai lost the ball, and I think it was Karaz might have picked the ball up and ran 60-something metres and looked like he was going to score in a canter. Will Kennedy ran him down and batted him and saved the try. That could have completely changed no, it was the Avrilo. game. Avrilo, rather. If Kennedy doesn't make that tackle, the Bulldogs, I think, lead at the time, and it could be a completely different game. That was something we didn't see from Kennedy last year, especially late on. And that was the reason I bagged him so hard and wanted everyone bar him to be at fullback because his defense was so shocking. Just flatly refused to put his body on the line. In that one tackle, I'm convinced this is a different Will Kennedy. Well, the, uh, I don't even think it's a different Will Kennedy. Well, like, yeah, okay, it's a different Will Kennedy because he's healthy. Yep, big thing. But you didn't see it last year when he was healthy. He was getting run over. But, but he wasn't because Will Kennedy in the first 10 rounds was one of the best fullbacks in the competition. And then he got injured. And then his body started feeling the niggles and the knocks because, you know, when, when you play foot, and you, you go back to the first podcast that Toby told us, right, is that when you play five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games in a row, your recovery is actually a lot better because your body starts getting used to it. Mm-hmm. But then you miss six weeks and you've got to start that mini preseason all over again. And you could just tell from Will that when he came, he hurt his ankle and it was a hip-drop tackle that did him in and no one said shit about it. And you could just tell that he wasn't right in his 
he wasn't right planting his foot, which took away his playmaking ability. Because Will Kennedy, if you have a look, he's the, he's he's not a Nico Hines who passes on the run. Will Kennedy sweeps, stops, plants, and passes the ball. He had no confidence in his leg. Then he got the shoulder injury, which kept him out for the back half of the year. He went into the finals limping, without without able to raise his arm over his head, and we wonder why he couldn't make a tackle. Fast forward, he's had a whole off-season to get his body right, and he's had a pre-season where he stacked on even more muscle, and he looked quick. He ran Averillo down, who is a noted speedster, and he put his body on the line. I'm not, I'm not shocked by it, because we know that there's a player in Will Kennedy there. Um, he is our best fullback at the club at the moment, get behind him, but he looked brilliant. He did. Now, there's a reason we did let Lockie Miller go. That wouldn't have been there if there was any question as to who was the number one five eight. Uh, the number one fullback, rather. And it's Will Kennedy. Like you said, he was really good today. He did look fast again. He looked confident. And his ball work was really, really good. Nico Hines and Matt Moylan. I think Moylan won officially man of the match today. Their partnership. Speaking of 5'8s, Matt Moylan cannot take a hit up off a kickoff ever again in his life. Yeah, look, let's put that out there. He did it twice today and once he got dragged. 15 metres. I found that over the past two weeks, they're letting a lot of that go. Whether that'll go into the round one, but I'm actually okay with it because I think they call held. I think they call held. I I agree, but that's not the way it's been adjudicated on. I like it. I hope it sticks like that because they pull that. The Bulldogs picked him up and threw him like a javelin. It's only his fault. Agreed, but they don't. Whenever there's any sort of movement like that, they call hell. Because you've got referees like Casey Badger who don't know the rules. Exactly. I'm I'm being positive here, mate. But yeah, I'm positive Moylan should never, ever do that again. I actually got a message from Paul saying, what the fuck was that, Moylan? And because I'm on Foxtel Go, I'm 90 seconds behind. So I looked for it, expecting it to be bad. It was worse than what I was expecting. Yeah. So really, yeah. really bad. Let's never do that again, Moyza. So, so Moylan was adjudicated man in the match today? I believe so. I I, I haven't checked yeah. that, but that's what I got. Yeah, he was very like good. Highlights, that kick that he um, he put through for T. Wilden, and then that... that that line that T. Wilden ran for that second try was Boyd Cordner-esque. It was. It was beautiful, and it's exactly where we're going to start going from round one, and that's where we were so good early last year. So mm-hmm. let's leave that as is. Now, Sifa Talakai was our number one meter eater with 150. Again, the forwards didn't all play their full allocation, so let's not look too much into that. Anyone stand out for you in the forwards? Um. Well, not Toby Rudolph, because apparently, according to my my tweets and my messages, he had 940 errors and made minus 37 metres. Um, I haven't seen the highlight. Uh, I haven't seen the game apart from highlights, but if I was to say who was it, was Teague Wooden. Teague and Nakora were very, very, very good. I refuse to believe that Nakora had more than three runs in this game. When he did, he, he ran really well. I Actually, he took a shot and held onto the ball that I'm guaranteed he would have lost. I know you're looking up the, the thing now, so I'm a little bit nervous. But it says here it says here that Nakora had nine runs, so they've probably taken six runs off someone like Hamlin Ueli and credited. Uh, and put him forward. Okay, gotcha. But he had he, he had nine runs for sixty seven meters, which just tells you how much of a cat he is. Well he only he only played like fifty minutes. But anyways, alright, alright, okay. One player I want to point out, Ronaldo Mulatalo. Now you're gonna see when you watch this game in full. This guy had lots of angry juice before he went out there. Because every time he was tackled, he got up wanting to fight. I don't know what the hell got into him. The four, the four minutes and 41 seconds of highlights the NRL put up 
there was 30, about 30 seconds of Ronaldo. Um, he got caught in the in goal and then pushed Jake Murillo into the ground. Moylan got thrown into touch and he ran over and pushed all the players. He got involved in another push and shove and then he scored that leaping try and he slammed the ball down and he got up and just gave everyone a mouthful. <laughs> and this is why Ronaldo Militano is my favourite player. Yeah, he's so good. I said, I tweeted out that if I wasn't a Sharks fan, I'd hate him on the field and, and love him off. And that seemed to be pretty much everyone said the exact same thing in the replies. He was fantastic today. Like you said, he's going to be the best swing in the world by the end of the year. He, he is, like, I didn't care that uh, other people got winger of the year last year. He was the best winger in the competition by far. He was arguably the best winger at the World Cup, not named Josh Adokar. And... Like he's yeah he's if he has another year like last year we're going a long way again because not only is he the best winger in the competition but he's one of our best players. Absolutely, is no one can stop him in the air. We heard we heard rumors last year. I think Toby said that he was jumping over people, and we're like, oh yeah, okay, I'm sure he is. He literally jumps over people. <laughs> it is ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it. But uh, oh look, Katoa was really good too. Roman Tal- uh, Roman and Talakai. We spoke about really, really good. Blake Braley, we own, I don't know your thoughts. I thought he was pretty ordinary, to be honest. Wade Graham didn't didn't really play much. Ken McInnes, though, I thought looked very, very good when he came on, except he blew another barge over and put the ball down try, bringing his total to 115. I swear to God, this guy can murder a try like nobody else. I've got to say, like, you have a look when... when... Both when both coaches looked over and gave each other the nod as if to say this game's over, let's let's put our you know lesser known players on. The Bulldogs were bringing on all sorts of dross, and our our bench had guys like Wade Graham, Jack Williams, Oregon Kafusi. You know that that just shows you where we're at at the moment. I really like you know last year I was I, I had the whole treehouse on. The, the fisherman's pole, um, and I cast my net wide and far with Cam McInnes because he is absolutely brilliant. You just you just can't get over the try line. No, you can't. I know he blew a try. I think it was against the Cowboys, but happened again today. I was certain he was in, but you know whatever. If he's holds on him, Dale Fanu can look very very good coming back today. I think he looked really fit, which he didn't towards the end of last season. But we all know why. Yeah, and that that's going to be the big one for mine because again, last year was Fitz's first year. And I don't think he managed injuries really well. Like, I reckon if he could go back in time and he gave Fitz the final three weeks of the competition, I don't think Dale Finucane would have played a game. Mm-hmm. And I think if he could give him his finals team selection all over again, I don't think Will Kennedy plays game one. No, absolutely agree. Now, we've got 10 minutes to go, Terry, so we'll wrap up relatively soon. Just want to point out, your boy Sam Stone Street is so much bigger than I remember. I swear he's, he's grown a foot. So quick. He jumped in the air too off a bomb that they refused to catch and put an offload in. And oh, I thought it was going to be one of those tries you just replay for years and years and years. But he and Hero on that left-hand side look really good. But in defense, they scored a try. Now, I know it was another fluke kick infield where Stone Street went back and didn't come up and Hero... I think pushed him out when he should have gone in. So there's a little bit to learn there, but those two, if they get a combination going for Newtown, watch the fuck out.
Are you telling me that Kyle Lewis made another bad defensive decision? Look, I think perhaps he may have. I don't want to commit. But yes, defensively, he's got a lot of work to do, and that's going to hold him back. For now, he's still young. Yeah, look, and this, this is the beautiful thing about this team, is that the players that are making these errors are the ones that you want to make the errors. Like, you'd be more concerned if in his fifth season of the NRL, Jesse Ramian was still doing this. Because Jesse Ramian was a terrible, terrible defender in 2018 in his first year. But now he's one of the most staunch defenders in the game. Yep, true. Um Ronaldo in his in, you know in 2020 when he was horribly coached by a terrible coach was pathetic on the wing. He was so far he was playing on the right wing and he was defending so far in he was high fiving to top. Yeah. Um, you know, but we we fix these issues with game time and maturity and spells in New South Wales Cup and. You know, Sam Stone Street is going to be... For people going, I don't understand why we haven't signed Sonny Katoa. You've got Sam Stone Street waiting in the wings, literally. Um, and, and you know, Jesse Ramian, like, he ain't going to go anywhere. But if he does, you've got Kay Lira, You know what I mean? But, but yeah, Ramian won't go anywhere. I think this is just going to be more of the case of how do you fit, you know, square pegs and round holes and someone's going to miss out somewhere along the line. So, but yeah, Sam... You know, but I, I've got no, I've got no doubt in my mind that in three or four years' time, Sam Stones is going to be playing for Australia. So he better be playing for us while he does it. He's a freak. I agree. And they actually said today that the Ramon's been offered a three-year deal, and he's signing. He's not even looking elsewhere. With what Fox Sports said, which is exactly what we've heard all along. Just a few stats here: completion rate seventy-six percent. Again, it's a trial. And we've got to remember that twenty-five minutes were played with the the Newtown boys. Six line breaks are two. Very good. Uh, our kick meters here. So this again, 490 to 258. Braley, for all these you know, negatives from one half of the podcast, kicked very well today. Nico and Moylan both kicked exceptionally well. More one than the other, of course, but i got to throw out there. Uh, effective tackles, 87%. They had 93, but it's here. Okay, so they most missed 21 tackles. We had 22 ineffective to their three, which is a stat I certainly didn't notice on the day. They made 18 errors. We only made 12. Six penalties. They had nine. It's a preseason, so you can probably throw those all in the bin in three weeks. But I mean, in terms of preseason stats, mate, we're exactly where we want to be, right? Yeah, I mean, you always like last last year, uh, and, and again, like I love I love living in last year because it was a fantastic year for us, apart from the ending. But in the games that we won or gave ourselves a chance to win. We were completing around about the eighty-three percent mark. I think you and I worked out. So, I, I think, uh, you know, preseason we we probably made some errors when when the kids came on because we were trying to force some stuff. And I, I, I did see that Josh. I saw where Josh Fennell tried to offload the ball and we challenged it and lost. Um, I, I got home for like the final ten minutes and none of the the first graders were on the pitch. And they, you know, Josh Reynolds scored a try, and the Dogs fans gave him a standing ovation despite being behind by twenty points. Pretty sad. Um, which is going to show the, you know, that that's that's your season, Dogs fans. Is like just remember that February try that Josh Reynolds scored because there ain't going to be much else happening this year. Um, yeah, I think you know, sort of around about that six to seven penalties a game. Because referees are going to call penalties that don't happen, and they they're not going to call the ones that do. And um, 
if you can compete, complete around about the eighty five percent mark, like like we completed at ninety one percent against Penrith and lost. Yeah, it's going to happen. But mate, overall, if you'd said we were going to not win this preseason cup due to a couple of offloads, and we were going to have the best for and against at the end, I don't think the Titans are down today. I think they were about six points lesser off, and they played the Dolphins. Let's not forget, we didn't play a home game, and last week we had our best players out. So I think if you'd offered us exactly what's happened, I'm taking it. Most importantly, there doesn't seem to be any real injuries. I know Hamlin Ureli had a, it came off for something but didn't look too bad. Royce Hunt, of course, injured, and you know Connor Tracy was never going to play because of his pre-existing injury. Any Cavallo, of course. But at this stage, two weeks to go. We've got a week and a half to, to get our shit right. I could not be happier. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it. It's like, it's not the... Uh, it's not the uh, case of I'm not happy with the preseason, but this now gives you something to work on because we won a, we won the game convincingly. Again, like, you take... You take their reserves off and our reserves out of it, we were up 30 to 4. Spot on. And we were probably completing it around about 87, 88% of that time there and our tackles were, you know, probably more effective. Like, we missed six tackles on the Braden Burns, for fuck's sake. Like, yeah, there's know, a, lot, a lot of false stats there. Yeah. So that's where I'm at at the moment. I, I couldn't be happy going into it. I think we're in for another top four finish this year. Um, I think the only thing else left to say, mate, is... Uh, how about more? Now, Terry, we're not going to be here next week, but the week after Rugby League is back and we'll try and get the audio fixed, but probably not. How about my one?